0: Thank you. You are able. Will you please stand for the call to worship? Gracious and loving Creator, we come today with great joy.
1: We come to celebrate your love in our midst.
0: We come here secure and assured
1: of your forgiveness and truth,
0: your salvation and joy. Yet in this hour we know, too, and confess our weakness.
1: Our faith and our rancorous lives.
0: Lead us, great God, in faith through the hours and days ahead. To glorify you and to serve one another.
2: Good morning, and welcome to worship here at Southside Baptist Church today. It's good to be here, and fall weather has finally gotten here, so we're delighted to be able to uh, have some uh, a break in the heat that we had had through the those months. But we're glad that you're here and able to share together in our time of worship. Southside Baptist Church is a church in the heart of Five point South, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. For those who are guests, we are delighted that you're here, worshiping with us today and sharing with us as we all seek to lift our voices, to join our spirits in worship and praise to the one who has redeemed us. We would like to ask those who are here to um, fill in the blue registration tablet. You'll find at the end of each pew, and if you would do that, it would help us also. Uh, there may be some uh, or should be some prayer uh, requests in the uh, little cards that you can fill out too if you have a prayer request that you would like to um, make known to us you can fill that out and put in the offering plate it should be in the pew rack in front of you today as uh, I was noticing as we stood here to sing and um that things were felt different up here the without the the pipe organ there the fullness of, of what it brings and of course it is uh out for one week as we will be back having it back in place for next sunday but thank you cheryl and also for uh ricky who will be here and sharing with us a little bit later a little preview of the jazz vespers that will take place this evening we would like also to pass a peace of christ to those welcome each other in christ's name by letting one another know that we do hope that the peace of christ is with them let's do that now please
1: So while the congregation is greeting one another, we greet those who are listening to us via our YouTube broadcast, either live right now or uh, by way of, of the recording uh, on our YouTube station. We, we are so glad to welcome all to our worship, uh, whether immediately or, or uh, uh, by delayed broadcast. We are today, as Dr. Uh, Kelly mentioned, without the organ it is in repair uh, some portions of it are in Atlanta being redone and it will be re uh, installed this week and so we should be back to a regular um, order as it were um, next Sunday but nonetheless we're glad that we have a fine piano and uh, uh, Cheryl Simonetti and then later Ricky Powell who will be uh, um, performing with us it is good to see you all this morning I I too had that sort of feeling. I, I heard myself a little bit more than oftentimes I do uh, with the organ at full. Uh, you know, it's uh, not that that's a bad thing. It's just uh, uh, I just realized uh, as we were planning this service that we were going to need to do a few things a little differently, quite quite a bit differently, quite frankly. Uh, in fact, uh, even when we get to the doxology after the uh, um, after the uh, uh, offering, I will. We'll do that without organ, and so be prepared uh, for that, okay? Uh, this is one of those Sundays where we uh, can actually uh, do a few things that are different without uh, uh, being way outside of the norm. I want to add my thanks to Cheryl for that lovely uh, prelude. We uh, we asked for these things specifically, um, uh, precious Lord, but... Uh, Ricky and and um, uh, Cheryl will do um, the, their wonderful version of Jesus Loves Me, which is within the theme of of today's service. Who is Jesus? And so uh, all of our uh, texts and, and such, as we always try to do, uh, have some bearing on the uh, thought of the homily. So uh, as we go to that, we're, we're grateful that we will uh, um, hear from them a little later in the service. The the hymn that we will sing. Uh, just after the prayer the invocation is uh, another of those expressions Christ is the world's light so um, before we do that let us go to the Lord in prayer for a moment our light our peace our life our glory we give you these things for you are already those things we ask that we may come to know you more fully during this hour and all of the hours that we live and may we share those those moments of grace and peace and love and life with those around us in ways that we are not even yet able to know be with us this hour and in all hours in the name of that Christ we pray it amen may we stand as we sing together Hymn number 154, Christ is the World's Light.
2: First lesson from scripture is Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with harp, with harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Here ends our first lesson from Scripture.
3: Second reading comes from the epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 1, and reading the first four verses. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory, and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name that he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
2: Maybe seated? How are you all today? Doing well? I hope you are. Jack, you okay? Martine? Good deal. Well, I want to talk to you for just a moment about what we're doing in worship over these these weeks in October. In just a few minutes, Mr. Watts is gonna come and talk about stewardship. Now is a word that we might not think much about, but it really has to do with how we give of our what we have, our money maybe, or our uh, time, or any other uh, talents that you might have. Some of you sing, others of you help with various things, and and with um, taking up collection on occasion, things like that. That's how we can think about our stewardship in that way. But Jesus, when he was here on earth, and now that he's in our heart, he is concerned about people and their whole being, everything about them. He's concerned about Martine and all that happens to him at home and at school and Jack and Millicent and Abigail and wants to, and then he's also concerned about people all over the world. You know, last week, some of our friends down in South Alabama had a really bad storm in in the Florida Panhandle and in, in the corner of Alabama and in Georgia. And some of us had relatives or maybe you had friends that either had, um, living there that maybe they had a home there or some of them had places they'd go on vacation and the thing we want to think about is all the damage that it did and what happens when those occur you know things happen and and people's homes are gone and they have nowhere to stay so they have to find a place and then all those things that we normally think about when we go to get ready to go to, to uh, school or work they don't have those either they can get some clothes maybe but one of the things we try to do is because Jesus was concerned about the whole person and he taught us that we should also. So at various times we have people that we either through the money that we give or through donations that people make specifically of these kind of things. We put together these what we call hygiene packs and we can give those to people at, at the um, disaster relief stations and they can help. So what all do we have in here? Jack, come around here and help me look at this. So what all do we have? We've got some soap, we've got toothpaste, toothbrush. There's, Jack, are you, where are you? Well, I just wanna see, because I didn't wanna know if you were shaving yet. I was afraid you were trying to t- take this razor. <laughs> no, okay. So we put razors in there and things like that. Now, think about it, if you didn't have, and there's something really important there too, right? Where <laughs> is it, Millicent? deodorant (laughs) you know we think about those things and going at home and finding those things no problem we've got them but what if you all of your things were gone and you didn't have any way to to uh, wash yourself or brush your teeth or wash your hair and take care of yourself somebody giving these would be very important so some of the money that you give, and I know that you all give it in, in the offering. I've seen you put your money in the offering plate. Some of that money goes to help with things like this. We buy these and then we give them in disaster relief, but we also give them to people that might be homeless. And they don't have a place here in town, and so we give these to them to help so that they can also feel as though they're uh, able to function and, and go about the life that they need to live. So... When we think about giving and we think about what Jesus did, whether it's in a disaster or whether it's just people trying to deal with everyday life, you can have a part. You can have a part in giving to this. Some of you may have even helped us assemble them when we put all these bags together, all the things in it. We should think about and give thanks to God when we do have those things we need. But also, what does God say to us as we listen to, to Jesus and see his example and he said to take care of those who don't have anything to eat or a place to live or even the basic essentials of life that we take for granted so we can give those and help in that way. So let's offer a prayer of thanks for the fact that God watches over us, but yet God also gives us the means to help other people. Lord, guide us today. Help us to know that in your everyday guidance of those that you've called that we have opportunity to be your hands and feet to care for those by giving even something as simple as a few dollars to provide for those basic essentials that someone might need when they're faced with disaster when they're homeless when they've had a real difficult time health wise help us lord to know how we might give as well
4: You know, Tim's request that I talk to you about my stewardship journey made me think about something that has been automatic for me for a long time. And I said, what are my motivations for giving to the church? I suppose the first reason for me is simply because uh, a Christian has an obligation to give. The Jewish people were instructed to give a tenth to the Lord. And Jesus never gave another fixed guideline. Giving from a sense of obligation may not be the best motivation, but it does provide a structure for handling your resources, and it is a reminder that you do not live in a vacuum and should not selfishly ignore the needs of your fellow human beings. The second reason I decided I give is comes from a sense of dedication. I see a Christian's goal in life is to live and act more like Jesus taught us to live and to act. Jesus talked about being generous with our resources a lot. In fact, he talked about it more than he did about heaven and hell. There's a comparison of the widow and her mite and the boastful Pharisee. There's a parable of the futility of a man who planned to build bigger barns to store his bountiful harvest when he would die that very night. There's the obligation of to whom much has been given, much is expected. There's instructions... Jesus gave his followers to take care of widows and orphans who, because of their status in society, had little or nothing. And those are just a few examples. There's much more to these stories than simply meeting a need, as important as that is. Jesus knew the value of a generous heart to the life of the giver. Growing in generosity is a pathway to develop into a fully human Christian. The third reason I give is the satisfaction I get I direct most of my giving to this church I do that because my gift to Southside has more visible impact than a gift to a large charity I see it every time I pass our magnificent sanctuary I see it every time I see folks coming to attend worship services at one of the four congregations that meet in this building on a Sunday morning I see it in the beautiful music that fills our sanctuary and the strong homilies that build and strengthen our faith. I see it when folks gather to receive food each Tuesday morning from our food bank. I see it in the warmth and love we share together. I see it when we welcome into our Sunday school classes those from the margins of our society. I see it when folks walk in for the AA meeting. I see it in the wonderful work of the nonprofits that are housed in our building. I saw it in the enthusiasm with which we invited the Maranatha School for the seriously at risk teens to join us in our building. I see it and I am proud that my contribution is a part of making that possible. Preparing for this testimony has increased my own sense of the importance of stewardship. Jesus taught the two great commandments are to love God and to love your neighbor. I believe stewardship through giving to Southside Baptist Church satisfied both, satisfies both of these commandments. Generous stewardship shows our love for God and our love for our neighbor.
3: join me in prayer. God of grace, your generosity calls us in return to express our gratitude towards you. We pray this morning that you would fill our minds with a love for your wisdom, that we may follow you in ways of obedience. Help us in the midst of all the challenges of living in our contemporary world to remind ourselves of your way and keep close to your will. God of peace, we pray for a world crying out to feel loved, a world torn apart by conflict and war, a world that lives uneasily in a climate of fear. We pray for a world that experiences division between nations, races, and religion. We pray that where power is used to oppress and control, your Holy Spirit will redeem that power To bring freedom to captives and justice for the downtrodden god of hope we pray for our families and our friends our colleagues and our neighbors we pray that in loving and serving those around us we may be found working with you to make your kingdom a reality within this community we pray especially for all whose lives homes futures have been devastated by the recent hurricane in the panhandle. Father God, we pray for all who bear the burden of pain, bereavement, anxiety, depression. We pray that they may have an awareness of your grace, bearing those burdens with them, and always seeking to work towards healing and wholeness. We pray especially for those who are dying. May they know comfort in the midst of anxiety. And grant peace to those who care. May they rest in peace. May they rise in glory. We offer all our prayers. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray with confidence and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Sadhu Sundar Singh was an Indian Christian mystic and evangelist. Brought up in a Sikh home, he was converted to Christ and became a Sadhu, an itinerant holy person. He visited a Hindu college one day and he was asked by a professor of religion there what he had found in Christianity that he had not found in his own faith. And he said, I have Christ. Yes, I know, but... What particular doctrine, truth, did you discover in Christianity that you didn't know about before? He said, the particular thing that I have found is Christ. Christianity, Christians have been saying down through the centuries, is focused on Jesus Christ. Not only in our experience of God's grace at the beginning of our spiritual journey, but in each step along the way. Some years ago, I was reading what turned out to be the final annual report of a good friend, Peter Barber, who was General Secretary, Executive Secretary of the Baptist Union of Scotland. He he put it this way. He said, it's so easy to move off center. The work we do for Christ and the church can so easily become more important than the focus that we ought to have upon him and our relationship to him. He said to read the New Testament is to see that our aim is always to please him. Christ was what one writer described, Paul's magnificent obsession. Christ at the center in all we say, do, or desire. The writer of Hebrews is an anonymous writer. We don't know who he was or who she was in terms of what what their situation was as an author. But we know something about those who were the recipients. It's more than likely to be a group of Christians at the end of the first century who were struggling. Struggling to keep going. Perhaps experiencing persecution, opposition from friends, from family, from community. And they were at that point where they were ready to give up. It can happen to all of us at some time in our life. Just recently a student wrote to me and said, my faith has become weak. I no longer believe in prayer and we can fit in with that. We know what that person is saying. Now unlike the recipients of this letter in the first century and Christians in many parts of the world, we don't face the struggle of persecution, of opposition. We live in an area of North America where it's culturally acceptable to be a Christian and perhaps culturally unacceptable not to be a Christian. So being a Christian is not the issue for us. Perhaps what the issue is, is complacency, is not recognizing that at the heart of our faith is actually a person, a person who has given himself for us on the cross of Calvary. And that's why during this uh, letter to the Hebrews, which is a letter of encouragement, a letter to help us to keep going, to press on, to not give up, to be faithful. To our Lord. He makes much of who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished for our sake and for our salvation. And here at the beginning of the letter, he sets out his major theme, who is Jesus? So that we can focus our minds and our hearts upon him. Now it's easy to say that we can take up this letter written so many years ago and find it applicable to our own lives. But I believe it is. And as we explore this book together over the next few weeks, I hope that through it, God might speak to each one of us. We might hear him speak in order to help us to know how to cope, to heal our hearts, to enable us to believe that God is with us. God is for us. And this is a God who says, press on in following me in lives of daily discipleship. So who is this God? And who is this Jesus of whom we speak so often? Well, the writer begins this letter by saying three things about God and the way in which he has entered into a relationship with us, a relationship that is meaningful, that is long and lasting. First of all, he says that God is a God who reveals himself to us by speaking. Beginning with a series of words in Greek that all start with the P sound, alliteration is not a new thing for preachers to get involved in. The author reminds us that God has not been silent. He has spoken. First of all, through the Hebrew prophets and now through his son. In both instances, it is God who is doing the speaking. God is communicating to us. Nothing worse than sitting with somebody who doesn't say anything to you and you're having to do all the work at maintaining the conversation. Well, here is a God who has begun the conversation with us, who communicates his longing, his desire, his love, his interest in our lives. And he shows us that in Jesus Christ, his son sent to be our savior, God has revealed his character as a consistent God, a God who is compassionate compassionate towards us God speaks into our lives sometimes he speaks with comfort although other times he speaks a word of challenge showing us that there are things in our lives that are not right and so as we hear that word and respond to it God is able to bless us even more you know the days of letters I mean real letters are disappearing emails texts whatsapps are all taking their place and we don't save them very often I've actually kept a few emails from some time ago. I've got an email from a friend in Scotland who died in April 2011, two days after he wrote his final email to me. I've kept it, not because there's anything particularly profound that he said in the email. He was just telling me what he was doing that particular day, going to visit some friends that I knew. But it reminds me of a friendship that I had over several years with him. In June 2004, when I was back in Great Britain giving a paper or about to give a paper at a conference in North Wales, my brother phoned me to tell me that my mother had died suddenly. I received an exceptionally and unexpected email, an exceptionally kind and unexpected email from the then president of the university, Dr. Tom Courts, offering condolences and then again to my surprise i received a a telephone call from the then university minister jim Barnett, not unknown to this congregation people speaking by email by words on the telephone god speaks god is a god who's not silent god is a god who communicates his concern to us down through the centuries establishing and maintaining a relationship of love with us as his people. So that when we feel that we're about to give up and lose heart, God speaks into our lives. But not only does God speak words that we can read in scripture, for example, but God speaks to us, says this passage of scripture, through his son. Scripture speaks of the promises that God made regarding the coming of the savior sending the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And verse 2 of this opening passage reminds us of who this Jesus is. He's, he's the Son of God. The one sent, as described in John's Gospel, is the one who was near to the Father's heart. And yet this is the one whom the Father sent to be our Savior. He couldn't send anybody better. He sent the one who knew the Father so that the knowledge of the Father's love might be communicated through him, through his life, his death, and his resurrection. The author goes on to to give a high view of who Jesus is. He he says that this one who is the Son of God is actually the one who's been appointed heir of all things. Well, you would expect that. A father wants to give his children the very best of the inheritance that he leaves them. You know, when my parents died and after my mother died that the inheritance came into my possession. Well, I was a little bit disappointed that I had to share it with my my brother and my sister because I was always convinced I was my mother's favorite, but apparently not. I had to share this inheritance with others. Well, the remarkable thing about the inheritance that God gives the father to the son is that this inheritance is actually one that Jesus has come to share with us. The inheritance of heaven, the inheritance of the universe, the inheritance of the kingdom of God, in which we will share in all its fullness. Not only is he the one who is appointed heir of all things, but he's actually the one who had a, a part in starting it all off. He's the one who created the world. Doesn't say much more about that, but the idea is that he's the one who holds everything together. He upholds all things, says this letter, by his powerful word. And he is the reflection of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's very being. God speaks to us through words, but much more important, God speaks to us through a person, through Jesus. We want to know who God is and what God is like, we have no better person to turn to than Jesus Christ who came to live with us, who came to die for us and came to rise again. In him is all the fullness of God to be found. And this is the one whom God sends to be our savior. And that's the third thing that this letter speaks about. In the middle of uh, the, the verse 3 uh, the writer says about Jesus, he's the one who made purification for sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty and high. It's, it's the first of many allusions in this book to the fact that Jesus is fulfilling all the hopes of the Hebrew Bible with regard to the sacrifices that were offered in the temple for human sinfulness. There were numerous Jewish priests who went into the temple to offer sacrifices for the sins of the people of Israel. There were so many sacrifices to be offered that they had to do it uh, according to schedule. They had to do it week by week, month by month, year by year. Of course, the big day was the Day of Atonement when the high priest went into the temple to offer a sacrifice for the sin of the whole people of Israel. But you never read in the Hebrew Bible of the priests after they offer the sacrifice of sitting down in the sense that it's over, it's done with, we don't need to do it again. And that's the image, that's the, the metaphor that this book uses on several occasions. When Jesus offers sacrifice for our sins, He sits down at the right hand of the majesty on high to give us an impression that what he did that day for us on Calvary has been done once and for all and we receive the benefits of it. Forgiveness, compassion, grace, and mercy. We don't need to worry that our sin has somehow not been fully dealt with. It has Jesus has lived, Jesus has died, Jesus has risen. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. In that, we receive the message of God for us. God reveals himself through scripture. God reveals himself through his one and only son. God reveals himself through the sacrifice that Jesus offered for us on the cross. And because of that, we know that our sins are forgiven. Because of that, we know that God is the God who is with us. God created us to be with. God came among us in Jesus to be with. God saves us because he wants to be with us forever. It's the center of God's joy. It's the center of the Bible. It's the center of our faith. God has come to be with us. and Because of that, he says to us, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's keep Christ at the center of our faith. Will you pray with me? God of grace and love and mercy, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the gift of all gifts, the gift of your Son to be our Lord and our Savior. Help us to follow him. Help us to be faithful to him. We ask it for his dear name's sake. Amen. Our closing hymn, our hymn of promises number 443. Ask ye what great thing I know. Let's stand to saying four, four,
5: three. <laughs> Please join me in prayer our gracious God we thank you for this opportunity of being in your house being among these people being reminded of the love that is represented in your son Jesus the Christ maybe at this moment think about all the blessings that we've been given for how you have truly loved us when oftentimes we're probably not deserving of such love help us now to think about all that we can give for how we have been truly blessed and how we can give those blessings back, both monetarily but also through our hearts and through our deeds, through our very actions. Take these offerings, Heavenly Father. Take these all that we give at this very moment. Use them so others may know of your love represented in your Son, Jesus Christ. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
2: Loving God, we ask that you would receive these tithes and offerings. May they be a representation of that which you have done for us. May we always seek and ask the question, how can we do more for the one who has redeemed us and made us whole? Amen. be seated for just a moment, please? Several things want to call to your attention. One is, one, first, want to welcome those who are guests today. We're glad that you're here and worshiping with us and hope that you will come again. And we would also uh, invite you to the little reception there in Narthex. We have some lemonade and cookies there, and we'll get a chance to speak to you a little bit more then. Uh, this afternoon, a couple of things that you'll want to be aware of, um, at from three to nine, actually. Some of our members uh, are involved in the Magic City Age Walk that, at Avondale Brewery, and uh you may be able to go by there before the second event even because at six o'clock the jazz we'll have jazz vespers down at drennan hall and we want to thank uh cheryl and ricky for being here and for blessing us today with with uh their presence and music and you will have a chance to be blessed again by that tonight if you come back at six o'clock for jazz vespers the other items in the um and the count of events you'll see there deacons meeting tomorrow night for those and then we pick up with the parables uh, that we find in Luke's gospel on Wednesday night as Dr. Roxborough will uh, lead us in that study so as we go remember that we go bearing witness of the one who has called us and beckoned us to come and follow and as we go we come and we as we go we do bear witness of that for we are Christ's presence wherever
3: we go. And as you go, know that grace, mercy, and peace from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will be with you now and forevermore. Amen.